Jack, lead us off. Uh, yeah, F. He came in with a top 10 talented roster. Somebody that wasn't a 35-year-old. This is a guy that's been around the block left and right. He was the pr- the promised one. The chosen one, the guy that was going to make Oklahoma fans not miss Lincoln Riley. And what happened? Six and six. Six and six at Oklahoma is unacceptable. Yeah, I go with just a straight D. He's not somebody I would want to coach my team at this point. He came in and he and, and Oklahoma fans saying, Yeah, but look at all, look at the roster, look at the roster, look at the roster. Yeah, look at the roster. It's better than 90% of the Big 12 right now. It's more talented. You've got more four and five stars than any team you'll play outside of Texas who beat you 49 to nothing. You've got a roster that's good enough to win games, especially in the Big 12, and you didn't. And six and seven with Oklahoma talent is Pretty embarrassing and is a massive, massive red flag. Well, uh, harsh words, but that's what you get whenever you have that type of record, um, which is the most frustrating part of all of it to have that guy <laughs> talking about your uh, football team. I know. I don't know if there's anything worse. The guy's a total idiot. But um, that's what you get. Now, here's the thing. I I expected our roster to be better than 90% of the Big 12. But it's not. Well, it didn't look that way if it was. Uh, TCU's roster looked a lot better. Texas roster looked a hell of a lot better. God, Tech's roster looked even a little bit better than OU's. Yeah. It's it's not, right? Like those, those – like the role players that you felt like would would be still good enough to be right there – at the top of the conference, as far as like across the board talent, yeah, we lost some stars, but the meat and potatoes of our roster is still going to be, gosh, it better than most, at least on par with most. Just flat out is not. Uh, you know, that's there's no other way to paint it, man. No, but and I think we can all agree it, that it needs to get back to being that very soon. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. it, it, it needs yeah. to. And, you know, I if you want to sit here today and the rest of the show and do letter grade for Brent Venables, okay, I feel like we've already done that by now. I'm more interested in looking towards next year. And, yes, it's not, you know, it, it, it's hard to do because so many of these Big 12 teams are incomplete because no one, you know, has fully gotten all their portal players yet and we don't know what the schedule's going to be like. But what does the win total number need to be in year two? Because six and six happen. I think we've all somewhat accepted it. We're kind of trying to move on here. But what does year two need to be? And, man, I think year two needs to have a year where you win at least ten games. You've got three games in the non-con that you should win. And as we talked about last week, as of right now, I don't see a team in the Big 12 that looks like they're going to be head and shoulders better than everyone else. I feel like the Big 12 is going to be a wide-open league. And if I'm right about that, I think OU needs to at least be a 10-2 football team next year to show quite a bit of growth from year one. Who's the best player on our football team? Um, That's tough. I think 
well, obviously I can't count Eric Gray, so I'm not going to say him. I will say, I think it could be Billy Bowman. Billy Bowman, Marvin Mims, yeah. Are you asking, like, who it is right now or who is it going to be next year? Because my answer might be Um, a little different. Who's it going to be Well, actually, it may not be. I might say Billy Bowman's going to be their best player next year. Um... I, I don't know necessarily if I uh, agree or disagree, but we are. Dylan Gabriel's going to. I think he's going to have. I would expect him to have. Uh, he had a good year this year. I expect him to have an even better year next year. But I we we need some guys to arrive. Oh, 100 percent. Yes. Absolutely. Because I'm just telling you right now, man. We cannot function in this conference or any other conference if we don't have some stars emerge at wide receiver. Like whenever you look at wide receiver in the Big Twelve Conference this year, I our wide receiving core had to be uh, absolute best is middle of the road. And it's probably not even middle of the road. They didn't. They didn't have the. St- oh, like, you're talking about star talent. Like they. They. I'm w- talking they ha- about however yeah, you want to yeah. put it out there. It, and we've been accustomed to seeing OU have at least one star receiver, and it was game to game on who was going to play well. They. They didn't have consistent star talent there. You want to be critical of the wide receivers? I'll. I'll be right there with you. Um, and that really continues across almost every. Position group. Right. Eric Gray was excellent, um, but wasn't the best in the conference. You know, and I'm not saying that. You know, a lot of that is just kind of how things unfold. Yeah, Bijan might be a top ten have. pick, so I'm not going right. to fault that one too much. No, I know, but what I'm saying, like, we cannot and will not win a championship if we don't have those type of players. I and you know I I I think that we can get those guys and I think we can can, can develop those guys but I, there's got to be some big growth across the board. Defensive line Who's the best defensive lineman we have? I I'm, I'm including edge, I'm including everything. Maybe R. Mason Thomas honestly. I think he has the potential to be that next year. See, that's a problem. I, I agree. And he and, and, and he didn't hardly play the, uh, this year. I mean, he played some, but, you know, he missed a huge chunk in the middle of the year with some injury stuff. Like, that's a problem to say that. Right? We, we've, we need some guys to, to show up and like, – because I think we've got plenty of potential on our roster. And I, I – I think our coaching staff across the board is is great, but I we got to get bigger, we got to get faster, we got to get stronger. I I don't have the numbers in front of me, but we have to have the smallest wide receiving core, like as far as like guys that play, like our rotation of four or five guys have to have the smallest wide receiver core 
in probably Power 5 football. Well, TCU is a lot bigger. Xavier Hutchinson was a big wide receiver. Like, no, I, I – and I think yeah, everyone he's – ag- He's huge, uh, but – you know, you got Quentin Johnson. You got a six-nine tight end. Yeah. Like Tech has two six-five wide receivers. West Virginia has two six has a six-three guy and a six-five guy, which I guess maybe one of them were in the running for in the portal. But like we we have to get bigger. Hey, I, it's I, like this thing has gone on for how long that we have had. And I'm not saying that. All receivers have to be big, but you at least have to have those options somewhere out there. Uh, you can have some smaller guys sprinkled in. Uh, and I think there's definitely a place for that, but, man, we got to get bigger. No one will disagree with that. Uh, no one will disagree that they got to have more star power, that they've got to get bigger, they got to be a lot more consistent at several places. But the question now is, okay, well, is that is that going to happen throughout an offseason? I don't know. That's why I'm saying, like, I don't fall. It better. I mean, that's why I I don't know like what to what to forecast like next year. Right? I mean, I can just throw out a win number, but like if we go into conference play next year with the same wide receiver core. Like we don't add any size or breakaway speed to it, I, I don't think the outcome is going to be a whole heck of a lot different. Well, that's an issue. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a I real. I mean, that's. Now, I I think it's fair to assume that Jalil Farouk's going to get better, right? Um, I mean, you're bringing back some players that did some nice things at times next year. You, if if you want to focus on wide receiver, that's fine. Mims has got to get back to being a dude. I mean, that's that's going to help out a lot of things. Like, yes, you would like to have a bigger number one wide receiver. I get that and I understand that. Mims is going to have to revert back to maybe, you know, what he was earlier in his career. I don't, I don't know what happened last year, but that can't – if you're saying that can't be the same, then yes, I agree. But other positions as well, they've got to be a whole heck of a lot better. And I think everyone can agree with that. Um, let's see, what does this text say? Because I said I think ten win, you got to win ten games next year with what the conference is probably going to look like and what your non-conference is. This text says anything under the nine wins is going to be a massive disappointment. Yeah. I mean, it, it'll, well, I mean, that's very fair to say, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think anything other than winning the conference is a massive disappointment. But, I, you know, I, we can say that year after year after year, and that's always going to be the same. But I – I'm going to have to see something uh, to make me feel like that's that's where we're at. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Like, I can't just say that, well, we got to win 10 games and win the conference next year. Well, everyone knows that. But is it a pot? Can we do it? And that's what I'm like, we We are shockingly – undisciplined I I for for some of our edge guys like some of the things that that I saw out there it's just like just wasn't good man No and the loss that concerns me more than any others like after they play Texas well clearly it looked like Texas had more talent right didn't think that TCU was going to have more talent but it was pretty obvious that TCU had more talent 
Like I, we could acknowledge that after the game was over. But I still don't believe that West Virginia has more talent than this OU team. And this is me fully recognizing that this wasn't an OU team stock full of you know elite talent all over the place. They got the, more talent than us at some places. Yeah, but that's that, what I'm saying. That's, you know, that's like. But that's the loss that really still, as you look back, really bothers me because I still think OU is a more talented team, and OU had no business losing to that West Virginia team. Yet they found a way to lose that game, and that's yeah. just that's a really, really bad sign. And and not only did they find a way to lose the game, there were just so many easy layup opportunities to run away with that game and win convincingly. No doubt. And they didn't no do doubt. that. So, yeah, they're, I mean, they had six losses this year. All of them in their own ways are concerning, but no loss this year was more concerning to me than that West Virginia game in Morgantown because I don't think that they're a very good team. And you've missed right. so many easy layups and had a chance to win. I just That one bothers me more than any other one. Yeah, well, um, I – I think that you know defensively, we're going to have we're going to have major growth. Like just if if we line up with the same eleven guys, and I know we're not. I'm just saying like if you lined up the same eleven guys, like we're going to have some growth. Just being in that system, there's a lot to it. Like there'll be some growth there, but we need like some massive development. Like there's there's guys that should have had much better years than what they did. I right? the talent is there. I I I don't I don't know. I just I don't sometimes I don't even know how to verbalize it. It's it's so frustrating, but I don't know, man. I I'm I'm worried about offensive line. I uh, that's my number one concern, O line. Right? We've got some young guys which I, uh, there's there's some excitement there, but that's far from a guarantee. I think Tyler Guyton has a chance to be really, really good, but that's a developmental pros, uh, project with a guy that doesn't have hardly any experience. Uh, Raim is your return, like you're going to be your, is he going to be the only returning starter? And he's going to miss a big portion of, of the developmental phase of the offseason. Yeah, again. No, it, that's, again. That's, my, uh, that's my biggest concern is that, I mean, I, I guess it could change. Uh, I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing if that, if that changes for me, but several months out to next year, like here, here's, how I kinda, here's how I view next year way too early without you know the full roster being intact yet. I think the defense is going to be okay. I think the defense will improve from last year. I think Bowman's got a chance to be a big-time player. I think you're going to see the best of what Stutzman has to offer. I think overall defensively, there will still be some games where they really frustrate you and give up some points and yards, but I think overall the defense will be solid next year. My big concerns with next year's team is the offense. Can they block anyone? Are they going to be able to run the ball? And if they're not able to run the ball, then that trickles down everywhere else to the offense, right? Because I don't think Dylan Gabriel's just so good that with just average pass protection – he can throw up 45 points per game and win, right? So if the run game's not there, that affects Gabriel, that affects the wide receivers. I'm more confident in the defense as it sits today next year than I am the offense. And I don't know if I'm alone on that island or not, but I actually feel I, I feel okay about the defense. The offense scares me a little bit, especially if they only have the ability 
to score when they're going super up-tempo. That's got to shift. Yeah. Well. Are you same or different with any of those thoughts? I I mean, I, I, I don't know why. I think the defense is going to be better. Um, I'm not ready to say that they're going to be fine because, like, to me, that doesn't – like, fine is not good enough. Um, I, the players that we have and that we're, are, we're bringing in and the scheme that we're running and the coaching that we're getting, like, fine is not good enough. They need to be damn good. All right. Well, There's if they're going to win ten games next year, they may have to carry the, the thing to ten wins well, next year potentially. There's there's plenty of opportunity if you just if you just go back and watch film from last year. Just make the layup. Just make the tackle. Just line up properly. Like it it shouldn't be that big of a jump to turn into a really good defense. Now, I'm. I'm, I'm not going to say that that's going to happen because I feel like it should have happened way earlier this year, you know. So I'm not, I'm not just going to sit here and say that, that those guys that are going to develop, it's going to happen this offseason because I don't know, you know. But like, all of the ingredients are there for it to happen. It just it needs to. So I, I don't know. But offensively, I mean – I don't know. Like, if we don't, to me, if we don't get better at wide receiver, and offensive line doesn't come around, then gear up for more of the same. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be weak schedule or not next year, and I don't think that. Well, I don't. I don't know yet. Actually, it's way too early to have a real opinion on what the schedule is going to look like. Well, like we're not going to have conference. a weak schedule. Like we are, we are in no position at this point to look at a schedule and say that it's a weak fair schedule. Fair point. No, that's fair. The non-conference schedule will be weak. I feel pretty confident in that, but the conference schedule, Who do we play sure. in the non-conference? Uh, Arkansas State, SMU, and uh, at Tulsa. Not in that. I think at Tulsa's week too, so that went in the correct order. But Arkansas yeah. State, at Tulsa, SMU, I think, is uh, weeks one, two, and three. Right. Well – after that point, I don't know. I, like, it, it, like to me again, like the wide receiver, we have to get bigger. We have to get more physical. We have to we have to be able to win one on ones. We got choked out in most games in one on ones. As the game wears on, everyone gets tighter to the line of scrimmage. Single high safety. Or they go no high safety and, and bring zero pressure on us, and we can't win at wide receiver. No, they were schemed and, when they were open. They were schemed open. I mean, there weren't a yeah. whole lot of individual cases where they just won one on ones down the field. I mean, there were some really good individual plays. It wasn't like bad the entire year, but I thought most of the time when they were running wide open, it was scheme more than ability. Well, yeah, it, they were schemed open, and we didn't capitalize on a lot of those opportunities when they were schemed open True. you know yeah so i i've got a i've got a big frustration level 
with with where we're at at wideout right now, and we got a couple of, of, of nice players in this class coming in at wideout, but in my opinion, that is not enough. All right, we need all right, Jane Gibson, Nick Anderson, come on. Right? It's time. Yeah, it is. They got to stay healthy. Transfer portal. Like, we we need to get uh, a guy or two in that are going to take that, that group to another level, be it by size, be it by speed, be it by route running ability. Something's got to shake, man. Yeah. Hey, let's dedicate the entire next segment to the text line because a lot of people got a lot of different opinions on the conversation we just had for next year, what needs to happen, all that. All right, let's do it. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hanging out at Newcastle Casino today. Stay tuned. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. Hi, I'm Trevor Turner with RK Black. RK Black is the leading provider of copier, fax, printer, scanner, document management, and information technology solutions to small and medium-sized organizations in and around Oklahoma. When you think of a big league company, think RK Black. RK Black is the official provider of the Oklahoma City Thunder with Sharp. Let RK Black and Sharp become your official service provider for your office needs. Visit us online at rkblack.receivers. There's, uh, there's our first one. Well, hang on a second. Say that again? Big wide receivers at OU can't get open. And DG is not a quarterback who throws to covered wide receivers. Well, he's not a quarterback that throws to 5'10 covered wide receivers. Um, it may be a little bit different if he's got a guy that's 6'5 out there. And I don't know what that means that big receivers at OU can't get open. I, I what What is... We, we haven't had a big receiver. And, and they can get open everywhere else, but they can't get open at Oklahoma. What does that even mean? Yeah. Would uh, I, I mean, Malcolm Kelly, I guess, would qualify for a big wide receiver at OU. He did just fine getting open. I mean, he wasn't yeah. a six-foot-six guy or anything like that, but he did all right. Sorry, guys. While I agree we could use more talent at wide receiver, the biggest issue I saw was the timing and inaccuracy between the quarterback and the wide receiver, we appear to run the same routes, and the defense knows it. So ex- execution is paramount. Yeah, I'd say the timing is off because we're small. We can't get off of press. We get rerouted. We get thrown off of our route. Throws the timing off, and yeah, th- I think you. I think you're proving the point with that statement. Yes, I agree. Eight or nine wins will show acceptable improvement for me. Well, (laughs) if they win eight games next year, get back to me and uh, let me know if you have the same opinion. I I think it depends. Like, that's not – I don't know. Maybe. I'll find that hard to believe. I, this team this year, I think we could all agree, had had some major flaws, right? Major flaws. Uh, yes. And they still like, should have shockingly didn't win eight games. Should have. Uh, I mean, you should have destroyed Texas Tech. What were you up, 24-6 in that game? Uh, yeah. You should have beat West Virginia. 
Sure. I, mean, they're, they're, I mean, there's your two right there. There's, I mean, I don't even have to yeah. look any further than that. There's your eight. All right, those, those are those games are, are total, like total giveaways. And that, the, and that's a team that, that we agree has major flaws. So, like, is eight wins really an improvement? Uh, I mean, it'll be a slight. That, it, it, it won't be enough of an improvement to year two. Right. That's what I'm saying. Is is would that be enough of improvement to really? Yeah, say that that's because eight wins are not like whatever. If they're losing to teams like West Virginia next year, or they lose a game in a similar fashion as to they lost West Virginia last year, I'm going to be very concerned, extremely concerned. Uh, let's yeah. be real, says the nine one eight. Oh, you needed to tear da- tear out the program from the studs. While we have owned the Big Twelve, we have won only one Natty in thirty seven years. We've fallen behind the others and needed the rebuild that is happening now in order to compete at the elite level, and that kind of process takes more than one year. This 6-6 six and six season had to happen to break the complacent routine. That's, that's where I'm at. That's what I'm saying. And I'm not just talking about players, right? And I think there's definitely some of that, right, that you just – you show up, and that's what you, it's, you know, it's just kind of handed to you. That's how it works. Um, I'm talking about everything, all included. I, we, we were able to, to do well enough to get away with the bare minimum on a bunch of things, like facilities, um, like just expenditures on like how we recruit and how we like the the staff that we maintain and like all of those things like we we are so far behind like what we consider to be peer programs it's not even close not even close true and i'll admit i i've been blinded by that that uh, do you really need it? You know, we've had success. You just, you know, th- these are the things that you continue to do. No, y- you have to pay to play. And I facilities-wise and staff-wise, we are so far behind. And, you know, frankly, you have to credit Lincoln for being able to, to do what he did and I'm not saying it was just at quarterback, but quarterback hid so much. And I'm not just talking again about about the rest of the roster. I'm talking about everything. You were able to to win some games because of you know unbelievable quarterback play that just allowed you to continue to kick the can down the road on things that needed absolutely to be addressed at a at a program fundamental level uh 10 wins or bust next year outside the texas and tcu game the offense played well enough to win 10 games i halfway agree with you yes on 10 wins or bust next year but the offense was god awful in the west virginia game and outside the first 15 minutes of the oklahoma state game they weren't very good there either so i can point to more than just two games for the offense this year. Or even the tech even the, the tech game. You know, I I am I I hate that way of looking at things. You know, the offense played good enough to win it. 
Well, not if they had the ball with opportunities late to literally win the football game. They didn't play good enough to win it, in my opinion. Like, the points you score in the first and second quarter are good, but if you have opportunities and the defense gives you stops late, like, to me, that doesn't qualify as you played good enough to win it. Uh, and yeah. it's the same thing defensively. It's the same thing defensively. You know, if if you make stops all game long, right, and it's a low-scoring game, and you have a chance to win the game late by getting off the field and you don't do it, to me that's not playing good enough to win. And I don't know where that ever started. Like, Who came up with that? I don't know. Kend- such a flawed way of looking at things. Kendall says, if you guys think Tulsa is going to be a weak matchup next year, then I'm proclaiming the Pope isn't Catholic. Presley has three touchdowns against OU next year. Put it in the bank. He also adds, I'm glad you fans are okay with the 6-6 six and six season. That's definitely not defending the standard. Um, Kendall, if you're right and Tulsa gives OU fits next year, then, well, there's going to be an early panic on next on next season. Well, no one's okay with a 6-6 six and six season. All I'm saying is that it doesn't have to be for nothing. Like, it can – there. you can have some some – real positives coming out of it and just because you went six and six doesn't mean that you the new aggregate of of what the standard is is now pulled lower i mean that that's not how that works like the the standard is what it is you didn't meet it you know that doesn't doesn't mean that the whole thing has to be just a total 365 wasted days because I don't believe it is. Yeah. I think there's a lot of positives that can come from it. The O-line is the biggest concern for next year. The inability to put away games with the run was our biggest downfall this year. They, they've got to be – I mean, I wanted to see a team this year that in the final 15 minutes of the game, you can tell who the more in shape, the more physical team is. I, I didn't see that late. That was disappointing. The yeah. mentality in, with fourth quarters got to totally flip, man. Because how many close I, games? How, how yeah. many close games were they in the fourth quarter? Kansas State, right? They lost. Um, let's see. West Virginia, they lost. That was close in the fourth. Tech was Tech. close in the fourth. They lost. Do you want to count Oklahoma State as close? I think it was like a fifteen-point yeah. game. Okay, they was won it that, that one. Much? Um, yeah. Who else? Iowa State was close. They won that one late. But I mean, the the point is, like their record in fourth quarters was not. Not where it needed to be. Yeah. I um, I agree. Offensive line is a massive concern moving forward. But like, I can't look back on the season and say their biggest problem was this. Like, I may, I may feel like that one day, but the next day I, I'm on to something else is because we had so many areas where we were underwhelming that it's hard to just dial in to say, like, this was the one single thing. Like, you know, I would say that I feel like the offensive line was adequate, not great, but 
just kind, you know, just like I don't think it was their biggest weakness. You know what I'm saying? But I'm not sitting here trying to convince anyone that it was some strength. But I, I, I guess I'm just saying that there's enough bad to go around that it's hard to dial in on on one thing yeah. being their their downfall. Okay, so what was the one thing that they had last year? A certain player, a position group that we could count on, you know, game in and game out, that was going to be there for you. Did Quarterback. That, did, you thought quarterback was good game in and game out? I thought he certainly yep. had some throws that he would want back. Well, yeah, he had some – I didn't say he was perfect, but he was the most consistent player on the team okay. other than, like, a guy like Braden Willis, you know, as a I, I was going to kind of say nothing. I, I was, go, like, leading to where I don't, I don't think that they had that last year. But game in and game out, you knew that was going to show up, that part of their game. Like, if you want to say that quarterback was the most consistent, okay, but, I mean, I, I don't – I didn't feel that game in and game out, the quarterback position was going to be there at a high level. My point was, I don't think that they had that a year ago. That's an issue. Well, yeah. What do you think was his worst game? Um, I thought the, ooh, what was his worst game? <sighs> I feel like he missed a lot of throws in the Kansas State game. That wasn't great. I, I mean, without, yeah. just go, probably that one. Uh, I think that there. I think there's definitely some truth to that, but that was one of his biggest games. 330, four touchdowns. Um, but and you know had a really nice day on the ground. But I do agree that he missed plays. Like I'm not saying he was perfect. He missed plays out there, but the dude played at a pretty daggum good level for most of the season. Um, but. He can definitely benefit from, you know, some more playmakers around him, some better play on the offensive line, and some better play uh, from himself, a little more consistent for sure. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Stay tuned. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. Pizza Hut stuffed crust is the crust that made crust good. Topped and stuffed with over a half pound of cheese. What are you so afraid of? Loving it? Original stuffed crust only from Pizza Hut. Ask or click for a limited time offer. Extra charge for more than one topping and extra cheese. This season serves as a reminder to stop, reflect, and focus. Slash drive safe. Fair point by the Air Coverage Solutions text line. Um, they're saying, you know, basically, well, Eric Gray was the most consistent player all season yeah. long, and you definitely got to a point where you can almost guarantee he was going to have a really good game. So, yeah, Eric, Eric Gray, for sure. That's right. If, if, if that existed last year. And with him, it probably did. And It did. That's scary because that was the maybe the best part of your team, and, well, you got to replace that next year. There's yeah, some... and, I, you know, I don't even – he's gone, and he's a unicorn running back that can catch the ball out of the backfield. Um <laughs> I don't know that we have another one. Like I like some things that I saw from Javante Barnes. There's no doubt. Um, he's got some. He's got some energy the way that he runs the ball. But it's got to be better to be a, a featured back, right? Well, I, mean, and I think it's just a different. 
you know, just a whole different thing to go from being the number two guy to being the dude where you're getting that many carries. Because not only yeah. are you the dude now, you're getting a lot more carries. What's your consistently le- consistent level down in and down out? Because Eric Grace was pretty good last year. Yeah. Uh, he was he was uh he's fantastic. Yeah, man. I I uh there's there's some guys on the roster that I'm excited about. I think there's reason to be excited about safety. I think there's some good players at safety. I think there's uh there's been some good play at corner that I expect to can continue to improve. Um you know, backer, I thought there was some good stuff. I thought, you know, Stutzman really improved from start to finish. You know, he's he will become more consistent. But that that group as a whole has to be much better. We've gotta be uh, we've gotta be better at Cheetah and you know, Deshaun White I'm not gonna I'm not really gonna hammer him on that because that's not really his position by trade he kind of saved their tail being able to bounce out there and be uh a guy that can be um you know fairly dependable but we got to be better there and we got we absolutely have to be better on the defensive line we got to be better getting to the quarterback we got to be smarter in our rush lanes we got to be more consistent with how we fit the edge runs got to be much better yep uh, more discipline as well. Throw that in there. Just actually start right there. Uh, yeah. The spread's up to eight and a half now for the uh, Cheese it Bowl. Yeah. Every time I look, Florida State is a bigger, bigger favorite. Is it going to get to double digits? Yeah. By the time it rolls around, it kind of feels like it is. Yeah, it will. Whenever, whenever the full rosters are like really laid out about who's playing in the game and who's not, I'd be shocked if it doesn't get to double. Digits. I did talk to a uh, Florida State guy today, a guy that yeah. um, you know does a podcast with him, whatever, and he just, I don't know, he didn't have the vibe that Florida State's just going to roll out there and win the game by two to three touchdowns. He doesn't. He wasn't just so convinced that Florida State's going to win this game easily, which I found interesting. Well, you have to consider the source. He's been in Loserville for like eight years. <laughs> but for the first time in a while, he's not. He's not in Loserville anymore. There's probably some optimism out there for the first well, time in forever. There is, but you don't want to believe it. <laughs> you know, whenever you're stuck in Loserville and you finally, you're finally out. I, I mean, it's like a syndrome. Like we, we've got to do a study on it. Teams or fans from teams that have been down for an extended period. Whenever some success finally happens, it's like they don't want to believe it. Like, yeah. It could be right there in front of your face, and they just, eh, I'm not sure. We'll see. I don't like this whole Loserville thing, by the way. It's not enjoyable. No, I don't know. Hopefully we're just airbnb for a little bit. For like one we'll night, just in between yeah, then, stops here? Yeah, and then we'll be out. Let's see yeah. what uh, ticket prices are for this game for people that may make a want to make a late trip out there. Uh, $89 is the cheapest I'm seeing on StubHub. Nice. That's not bad. Come on. No. Probably going to be sitting next to some Florida State fans, but what's the worst that could happen, right? Maybe they'll be nice since they've uh, been in Loserville forever. I don't It'll know. It'll be 
of of the uh, how many does that stadium hold? I'm probably sixty. I I have no idea. Somewhere around there. Okay. Of the of the twenty thousand people that show up, ninety percent of them will be Florida State fans. Mm-hmm. And I think once you get out of Loserville, you're probably pretty angry. So I'm sure it would be some not nice Florida State fans there. There might be more fans there than I'm. I'm giving there will credit. Be, like you're saying, twenty thousand overall fans at the game. Yeah. There'll, there'll be more than twenty thousand there. Thirty. Thanks to uh, Florida State. No, I bet there's. Over 40,000. Well, hold on. 40. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'll just check myself a little bit. 38,268. That stadium will not be more than half full. It does look like a stadium that probably has a tarp on the upper decks. I don't know if that's true or not, but it looks like it would be. It will not be more than half full. If it is, it's from Florida State fans. Yeah. Uh, I got a buddy... That is that way in Loserville. He's an OSU fan, so there's that. Yeah. There's Greg from Lawton. Uh, hey, Tyler, yeah. remember Florida State got some attractive women? Uh, Peyton says, yeah, mm-hmm. it's Florida State's first bowl game in like 10 years. They're going to go. Florida yeah. State had good, one good win and lost to every ranked team. Oh, and the game they won was their first, OU by four. <laughs> hey. Hang on a second. I'm not saying that we can't win the game. We can. But we cannot look at anyone's schedule, especially that one, you know, three more games that we did and talk about how they didn't beat anyone any good. Our our best win on the year was Kansas. (laughs) 19th ranked Kansas. Put some respect on it. 19th ranked Kansas. That's true. But Kansas nonetheless. All right. Quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up. Hanging out at Newcastle Casino. We'll be back. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. Hi, I'm Trevor Turner with RK Black. RK Black is the 